I think I figured it out. Hey, I'm Carrie Beck with Homeschool Coffee Break. I think I finally figured it out. Oh, let's close that. Yes, I was on mute the whole time. So only people that could hear me were the people on Zoom. I think I am not on mute anymore and I should be in the Facebook group. And there we are. Now we got it. Lo siento. That's I'm sorry in Spanish. Um, sorry. Sometimes I sort of revert to Spanish. What is the one activity that I would recommend to you um, during this homeschool coffee break that you could do to encourage a love of learning and to simplify your learning as well? Let me tell you, first of all, that one of the reasons I think this is so important. Why? Because a love of learning, if you can encourage your kids to love learning, you can encourage them to be lifetime learners. Last week, we talked about tools of learning. Leaders, if you raise your kids to be good Christian leaders, they need the tools of learning. We talked about notebooking as one of those tools. Today, we're going to talk about another strategy or tool that you can use to encourage a love of learning, because this will truly encourage your kids to um to love learning for a lifetime as well. The other reason I like to encourage a love of learning is um, leaders are lifetime learners, to be honest. They have bigger libraries usually than TVs. So let's talk about it. What is that one simple activity? It is called family time. What is family time? Some of you may have heard this before. It's morning time. I'm going to tell you how we as a family used it. I will share a few little stories. I would love to know if any of the activities that I share today are ones you already learned or are using, or the more important thing is what is the one activity we talk about in family time that you are going to um, implement? This is something that we did even through the summer. Now, I was a as most of you have heard, a Labor Day to Memorial Day type um, homeschooler. We were not year round. Does that mean my kids quit learning in the summer? No way. They were learning every day all the time. But we put away and we took a rest or sabbatical from learning during the summertime. I believe we all need a rest from some of the traditional type activities. But we always kept our family time. This was one hour in the morning. Let me just describe to you what it was like. Can you imagine having one hour in the morning where your, your whole family is together learning together? Wouldn't that be cool? Can you imagine having one hour in the morning that you could focus on whatever is most important to you? Whatever God has shared with you, you are actually going to be able to do during this one hour. Can you imagine if you had kids that don't like to read, like I had one in particular, but you could encourage that love of reading. It may take years, but during this one hour, year after year, you can encourage your kids to love learning. There are some, can you imagine being able to find the time to do all the things you don't have time for? And let me explain how this works. For us, we had one hour. The first 30 minutes were whatever was important to me or what God told me or Steve or whoever, what we were working on that, that um, week. The last 30 minutes was always, always, always read aloud time. So we'll talk about read aloud time in just a minute. Let's talk about that first 30 minutes. 
because it did not look the same every single day or every single week. How did it look? Let me just share a few things. And okay, so some of it, one of the things that my kids actually did was they would read a poem aloud. Some of you have heard me talk about this. They would use books like Where the Sidewalk Ends or A Light in the Attic. There's another one. Can't remember the name of it. I didn't grab it. These would be books and they had to actually stand up and read a poem. And this mostly was in, the, uh, once they got to high school, we did not do this as much. Maybe we should have continued it. I also like the tool poetry memorization from IEW. That's a great poetry tool, but they would read it and they actually enjoyed poetry. As a child growing up, I don't know about you, I did not like poetry. It was hard. I didn't understand it. It made no sense. I did not want my kids to have a fear of poetry and I wanted them to enjoy it. So they may be reading that. But then I found some more serious poems, things like The Harp and the Laurel Wreath or Anne's Anthology. I actually pulled these out. I was watching a Hallmark movie and uh, the girl was over in England in the countryside reading a uh, Robert Browning poem. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I have that poem. What I like, like, okay, about this one, the harp and the laurel wreath, it is actually age appropriate. It starts with the younger ear, years, the grammar stage, which is one of the tools of learning grammar, logic, and rhetoric. I'm not going to talk about that today. It starts with selections and dictations. Then it goes to the logic stage. Again, poetry selections and then rhetoric. That is your high school ages. And all of those, and that one actually includes uh, study questions. So here is one, The Wind by Robert Louis Stevenson. And I might read it and ask my kids one question about it. That was it. Then we would move into um, the older kids. This is an Alfred Lloyd Tennyson uh, poem, The Lady of Shallot. Um, then we might go to John Keats on first looking into Chapman's Homer. Then we would go over to the rhetoric, the high school stages, and some of the poems here, How the Great Guest Came, The Virgin by William Wordsworth. Lots of really good poems in here that actually helped me do this. Now, how long did that take out of my 30 minutes? Five minutes or less. It was just a habit we got into that we really did enjoy. Another thing was music. I wanted my kids to appreciate good music, wasn't all the radio stuff. Two things we did. We did, um, they would listen to classical kids tapes. Why classical kids? Because it was a story about a child set in that composer's time period. I've told this story before, but Vivaldi um, was one that they listened to. And they would listen to, he, I think was, uh, he would play at this girl's orphanage. Well, they'd heard that, that little tape and it was a story and it had his music in it heard it over and over again we are in the car and I just put a classical music tape in and my kids go oh that's Vivaldi it I didn't tell them I didn't ask them anything they just instantly recognized that as a Vivaldi song so there's one thing um, another thing was our church tended to read tended to sing more modern worship songs and I wanted them to learn hymns so we would sing one hymn every morning and sing through all the verses. Sometimes I'd use that as copy work. Sometimes we talk about what it meant, but that was something important to me. That may or may not be something important to you. I don't know. I was looking for this other book. Then we also sometimes would read books like this one. Bach, this story is about Bach. And so you could read the story of Bach 
It's just a fun little way to introduce um, music appreciation. Another thing we did during this time was memory work. It might be, I didn't, we didn't actually go over our Bible verses at this time, but before I came into the room, they would turn on their memory songs and they would dance to those memory songs. They learned the Old Testament events. They learned Egypt, Greece, and Rome, and Middle Ages. They learned all sorts of history. They learned grammar songs. In fact, they will tell you, um, there was a time they go, mom, we can't get that song out of our head. It was the direct object song. And I thought, bingo, they learned it. They know what a direct object is. And to this day, we can still sing. A direct object receives the action of the verb. And I can't sing. But they understood what a direct object was. They learned geography songs, multiplication, all sorts of things. Another thing we did was art appreciation. Did we do all of these every day? No. So maybe we did. Now, we did do poetry every day and we would sing a hymn that was it the rest of the 20 to 25 minutes just really depended on the day it might be I did art appreciation two of those days and music appreciation another two days maybe we were doing a bible study and they were working on that bible study on their own and one day of the week we would talk about whatever it is one of the series that I love for art appreciation is this come look with me series this series, this particular one is Enjoying Art with Children. It is so easy to learn, to use. So here is a page. Let's see. Okay, there's the artwork. And then over here, you can see, well, I don't know if you can see, but there are four or five questions and then two paragraphs. So you can look at it, talk about it, read this, ask one question the next day, pull it out again, ask another question. Super simple, no lesson plans, no nothing. You just pull it out. And all of a sudden, you are including things that you've always wanted to include, but you never had time because you have this 30 minutes that you can put whatever you want. Another thing that we did for art appreciation, and this is out of print, it's called Art for Children. I've got several of these. This one just happens to be Rembrandt, but it's just got great um replicas of famous things so you've got this painting you've got this um pen and ink i think and then you have some uh paragraphs so basically i would just if we were doing rembrandt i'd start on page one and we would look at it there we go we'd look at that i'd say well what do y'all see what do you what do you like or what do you not like and then i would read this and then i might ask a question about it that was it day two well here let's get back well, there's a history of him in the beginning. Here's the other picture. So we'd look at this picture, read this, ask a question, and that was it. Super simple, nothing deep, all right? So there's one thing. Another thing we actually did was some character training. I used this series called Hero Tales. They are short little, um, okay, let's see, Dwight Moody, Shoe Salesman for God. Um, and then it, you've got three stories about him. Let's see, one, two, there are two and a half pages. So here we go. It's all about repentance. And I'm sorry, let me turn the slide down a little. Oh, not completely off. Well, a little more light. Okay, so you can see we've got this page and this page, and that's it. And then a few questions, and that's it. And then there'll be another story about him. So if I decided I wanted to do a hero tale, there's three, um, three stories, one, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then maybe we do art on Tuesday and Thursday. I don't know. Um, then the last thing we would do, and I actually did this all the way up in high school. 
we read this book called, well, there were, I think there's three in the series. Mathematicians are people too. This is where Hunter actually learned the Pythagorean theorem. No, actually he learned ratios um, because we read the story of, find him, Thales. This is the story of Thales. And it's about four or five pages. And Thales has a problem. He's trying to figure out how tall the pyramids are. Make sure I'm in the right place. Yes. He's trying to figure out how tall the pyramids are. And he finally figures out, hey, if I could measure a person's shadow and the pyramid shadow at the same time, I would have three of my numbers. I'd have the height of the person and the shadow. I would have the shadow of the pyramid. And then I could use fractions to be a or ratios to do that. It actually, I don't know if you can see that, it gives you the actual fractions right there. Super simple. If you have children that do not like math and they like to read, this would be a great way to learn. The next one is Pythagoras, and it tells about his um, how he came up with this. Here's another one, Archimedes, the man who concentrated too hard. This is super fun. Now, did we read one of these every day? No, we might read one or two a month. It was very sporadic, but it just kept introducing these ideas on a regular basis. So 30 minutes, it, we have poetry and hymns pretty much every day. We might have some memory work before I got in because we could pop in the songs, art appreciation, music appreciation, Bible study, history review, math. It just really depended. All right, that's that. Now let's move forward to the last half. This to me is probably one of the most important things of my entire homeschool. I will tell you the story. And the story goes like this. The first year I homeschooled, I wanted to read classic books. I wanted to read timeless books, wonderful literature to my kids. So after lunch, they would be finishing up and I would be reading. And I don't know about you, but as I was reading after lunch, I would be reading my book and going, and I'd be falling asleep because I was exhausted. I've been up an hour or two before the kids. And I was like, this is a really bad example. You are modeling that reading puts you to sleep. Gary, you need to change the way you do this. And so starting year two till the 10th year of our homeschool, we always started with that read aloud. I turned it into a family time. It started as just the read aloud. Then we grew into the family time that I've described. How did that look? There's a few things that I would do. I would rotate the book topics. Not all my kids liked every topic. Gentry would listen to all of them. Hunter Waters was Family Robinson, Robinson Crusoe. He would pay attention or Robin Hood and King Arthur. He liked those two. Ashley liked history. That was pretty much it. She liked some literature, but mostly she loved historical fiction. So I would rotate the types of books. A lot of them did center on my um, whatever time period we were we were studying. So I would make sure we were always integrating some historical fiction or a biography of some sort. This was not an assignment, all right? This was a time that we could dive in, just enjoy each other, spending time with each other. Did my kids sit on the couch like perfect little angels? No way. We would get nowhere if I had done that. So what did I do? I had a basket with some drawing supplies. I had a basket with supply, uh, Legos, anything that was quiet that they could do. Actually, if I had taught my kids to knit, like I just taught, uh, I didn't teach. The YouTube video taught me and my granddaughter, Faith and Elizabeth, how to finger knit. Super quiet. Faith loves it. 
I mean, she got strands of finger knitting by the time her mom and dad got home two weekends ago. But that was that'd be another thing that they could do. So whatever, you know, works with your family. Hunter sometimes would throw the ball up and down and he had his glove and he would catch it while we were reading. The reason I did that is for me personally, I hear and listen and remember the story better when my hands are busy. Um, I listen better. Like when we're driving, I can tell you if I hear a story or a song, I'll tell you where I heard it. There is just some connection between what's around me and what I hear. And so I did not want to make it where they had to be perfect little angels. So that's one thing. The other thing is I would use these times for copy work. Maybe I would take little kids, one sentence, older kids, a paragraph, and they would have to copy it. And that was reinforcing good grammar, good writing, good language, good spelling, all of that in them by using copy work. Another thing I could do is use it for dictation. Um, again, good good quality writing for dictation. Narration would be another thing. And if you're not familiar with narration, when your kids are younger, they basically, you read whatever your story is and they tell it back to you and you don't correct them. Whatever they say is okay. If they say it was a yellow dress, but it was really a red dress, it's okay. They are having the, if you correct them, they're going to shut down and they're not going to share anything. Whatever they say, I tended to type up and they had to copy that for, um, or copy work the next day. I'm not always, but this was one activity. As they got older, instead of, they would still verbalize it to me. Then they'd say it out loud. And then I said, okay, I want you to go write it down yourself because it's easier to speak it out loud than to go write it instantly. As they got even older, they could retell the story in writing. And then as they got even older, like we're talking 14, 15, 16, their brains really kicking in gear with abstract, I would move to reading journals. We'll talk about reading journals next week in two weeks. So I'm not going to talk about that now. But that reading journals are telling about the story instead of just um, retelling what happened in the story. You're actually adding opinions and thoughts with it. Those are a few things that I would do with the read aloud. But that allowed me a lot of freedom. Uh, we read so many good books and my kids didn't have to be on that reading level. They just had to be on the listening level of that particular book. And that was it. Now, I have covered a ton of information. We've talked about encouraging a love of learning with family time. We've also talked about simplifying your homeschool with um family time. I do have a free ebook for you. It's all about read alouds. How do you use them? And each of my kids, after they graduated, gave me their top 10 favorite read aloud books. And they're all in there. Uh, when I get off of here, I will actually give you the blog post that you can go and get it completely free. I would love it. Two things. If you would share that read the blog posts, not the PDF, but that so people can go and find us and see what, how we could help them. But if you would share the blog post, that's one thing. And the other thing I completely forgot, wherever you are listening to this or watching this, would you please click the subscribe button? I would love for you to subscribe and be able to get regular updates because every Monday we talk about a topic that you have told me, my group has told me that they need help with. So today we've been talking about simplifying, and simplifying by not having to write a lesson plan and do all this stuff, you just sort of have these few, I don't, whatever's important to you, 
four or five things. They take about five minutes each. You don't, you know, and it's very relaxed. If your kids start goofing up and getting in trouble, just stop. Do something else. Take a break. Send them outside for five minutes. Bring them back and then see if we can get back on track. So family time. First 30 minutes, we did hymns, poetry, and whatever else was more important to us. Last 30 minutes, always start the day with read aloud. Why? Because when it goes to the end of the day, we don't get it done. Whatever you do first thing in the morning gets done. And that generally means it's most important to you. And I wanted my kids to know read aloud was most important. I'll close with this story. When we first made this change, my kids were like, oh, no, I'm not going to finish math. Oh, no, I'm not going to finish this, that, or the other. I was like, you know what? This is mom. If you don't finish it because we spent too much time reading aloud, that's on me. Now, if you don't finish it because you're dawdling and you're not doing your work, that's a different story. But this is what is most important to us. So don't worry. And I did have some kickback when we moved it to the first thing, but I loved it. My kids loved it. And we just had a great time. It was a great bonding experience as well. Hey, I don't know if y'all have questions. I have just been rambling and not looking at the chat. I think, uh, I don't know if I'm saying your name right, Araceli and Stephanie for joining us. But um, if you do have questions, put them in the chat, whether you're watching us on YouTube or on Facebook. And Facebook is just like a mess today. I um, And if you're listening to the replay or the live, would you please tell me one idea that you got today that you can use in your homeschool. I would love to hear what that is. Hey, thanks so much for spending time with me. I am Carrie Beck with Homeschool Coffee Break. Y'all have a great day.